Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. Today's message is, Life is Meaningless Without God. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. If you looked into the, in the bulletin, you know what passage we're going to be looking at. And I've already received a comment about the passage, and not a bad comment, like, oh, this is going to be a tough one. Because for some reason, I've chosen to start looking in the book of Ecclesiastes. Right? Now, there are a few little phrases that we use from the book of Ecclesiastes that we throw around. But I'm going to say most of us haven't read the book of Ecclesiastes. It is tough. And like, as I'm going through that, and uh, it's funny because I was looking at some of it while I was in Vegas, and I was like, what an appropriate place to be reading the book of Ecclesiastes than in Vegas, right? Because it, it kind of, it really does epitomize a lot of this. But this is, a, this is a very difficult book because one, it deals and it throws out truth that is brutal, and it's not what we like to think about. And and, and as I was preparing this and kind of going through all of this, I started really getting nervous because of the culture that we're in when it's things that we don't like, right? We nearly just become very angry now. Like, oh, if I don't like what you said, I don't really care if it's right or not. I, I don't like it. That doesn't sound good. So, man, we're, we're done, right? And I'm not worried about that here within this context, but I don't want this to come across as just trying to bash everything about life, right? That's not what it's trying to do. But it is trying to, and it reveals the importance of holding on to the truth about what life is about, right? Because if we don't know, kind of have a basic, uh, true philosophy of life and of how life works, you know what we're never going to be able to find? We're never going to be able to find meaning, we're never going to be able to find purpose because we're, we're coming at it from the wrong starting place. And Ecclesiastes, it really talks about having a proper perspective on life and how to find meaning in life. And it's kind of grappling with, with the truth. Um, but it is not easy and it is uncomfortable. And there are things in there that I wish were not in there, right? That it's like, I don't want to say this. I don't want life to be like this. Right? That and that's a, you know as, as you're reading you're like you read it and you're like no that can't be true. And then you start thinking about it and you go oh maybe it is true. But I don't want it to be true. So you know what? That's got to be wrong. That was written thousands of years ago by Solomon, which basically maybe it wasn't by Solomon. In fact, it probably wasn't. It was actually probably after Solomon, about Solomon with Solomon's wisdom intertwined in it. So then you go, oh, well, maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't, uh, isn't really, doesn't really apply anymore. In fact, the book of Ecclesiastes is debated even among Jewish uh, scholars of, should this be in there? You know, should this be part of, of Scripture? And of course it should, but we don't like it. And it's hard. And so as we go into this, I want you to come at it from a perspective of knowing, hey, this is not easy stuff. And it is trying to get you to think. And, and we need to be thinking about it. And we may come into uncomfortable places. 
And that's okay. Right? And whenever we go finish all of this, it's, not, it's still not all going to make sense. Right? And that's okay too. But let's start off with the, <laughs> the most interesting um, beginning to a, a book or a speech or anything like that that you'll ever see. It is, it's really pretty fascinating. So let's uh, start with Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, the sun sets, and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south, turns to the north, round and round it goes, and ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again, and what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, Look, this is something new. It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Woo, I'm excited now. Right? Man, that is brutal. Right? It really is. You know, and it's, it's really interesting, and I think we need to step back and think about that. And I talk a lot about how w- the way that we find hope and joy and happiness and fulfillment is in our faith in God and is found and is radiating from this book. And yet, those 11 verses are in there. Right? And the rest of this book is in there. Now, the rest of the book does get into it and starts clarifying and starts putting it in per- perspective, but not as much as you would like. Right? Not as much as you would like. And, and as I look at this passage, there are two things that stand out. It starts off with the uplifting phrase of life is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. In case you didn't know and weren't, weren't sure the first time he said it, he said, clarifies, and he adds everything. He's like, yeah, no, no, yeah, the thing that you thought did have meaning, no, it's meaningless too, right? Passage and then goes, and then it kind of just talks about just the routine of life and how life keeps going no matter what you do, right? That the sun keeps rising. You know, whether you've had a great day or a bad day, whether you've changed people's lives or whatever, the sun just keeps coming up. It doesn't care. The, the, the rivers keep flowing, filling up the sea, but it never fills up. Right? It just keeps going. And then it ends, just to top it all off, it ends saying not, no one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. So it's like, no matter what you do, you're, you're going to be forgotten. Right? Now, that's a good way to start. You know, and it, it is very interesting. And, and if you just read that, 
And if you don't try to start applying this and thinking about it, that's a miserable place to be. And I think one thing that's important is that when we do read this, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can relate to that. Because there are times in our lives that we have said everything is meaningless. Right? There's times in our lives where we feel like, you know what, nothing I do is important at all. I think that's one of the lessons here in this passage, is that we can relate to this. Now, it's not popular to talk about that, even though it's becoming more popular, because it's kind of becoming more popular to talk about how bad things are. But the reality is, is I think all of us at some point have felt this and have, have then tried to reconcile it. The problem is, is you have to reconcile it in the right way, or you're always going to be brought back to this place where life is meaningless. So we're going to unpack this a little bit. This is, this is kind of an introduction uh, sermon. Um, it, it's going to be broad. Uh, we'll get deeper into some of this stuff. Or we'll just quit. I'm one of the two. I'll go to John and uh, talk about the light of the world. But, um, but this is, a, is, is interesting because it starts off and it, this word meaningless jumps off the page. And one of the challenges, and I've talked about this before, one of the challenges is that trying to go from Hebrew language to English language is very difficult. And the Hebrew word used here doesn't have a one single word to capture what it means, right? Meaningless is there. There's, there's an element of that. But really the word that is used there has a, a, an idea of a, of a fleeting breath. Like you think of one breath, right? That breath was there, but now, now it's gone. It has the idea of kind of chasing and trying to catch the wind. In fact, these are phrases that will be used in conjunction with this word later, trying to catch the wind. Think, think of that imagery, right? That you're always, you, you know it's there, but you can never quite corral it. You can't quite control it, right? That's what this word really is about. So whenever it says meaningless, it's not, it's not necessarily thinking of it in the, probably the way that we are, as, a, as, as harsh as we are. But yet that's still part of it, right? If, if life is so fleeting, Right? And if there's no way to c- control and no way to, to engage life, it's like chasing the wind, then, the, okay, I guess that could lead to meaningless. But it's, he obviously is not saying that you can't find meaning in life. Right? That is obviously not. That would go against all of Scripture. But So we need to look deeper into what this word is, but it is so important to understand, okay, this is talking about how life is fleeting, how life, there is no control, how we can't, we can't guide it the way that we want to. It's going to go where it wants to go, right? And that can make us feel like life is meaningless. I do think it's very important for us to realize that that is the truth about life, that life is fleeting. Life is short. We don't like to think about that. We like to think about, hey, I'm going to live, you know, for, forever. And, and heck, and we are unique in society where we, we actually can think in our minds, you know, by the, time, by the time I'm 80, you know, they'll probably have cured cancer. 
they probably will, there are people that believe within 15 years there will be no more disease. And these are smart people. I don't know whether it's going to happen or not. But we live in a, a time where it's like, no, man, things are going to get better. And so maybe, maybe there are people who are, are working on ways to extend life right? and showing some, sometimes they look promising. I can tell you what, eventually the promising is going to run out and life is going to end for you. We don't like to talk about that. That's a truth, though. And that's a truth we need to understand. Because if not, it's going to affect us trying to find meaning and purpose in life. So life is fleeting. Life cannot be controlled. It's like chasing the wind. No matter, (laughs) and we don't, man, we don't like this one. And I'm going to go a little bit deeper into both of these two aspects. And we'll start with this idea of trying to control. Man, we are a people and a society who we want to control things. We want to minimize risk. We want to to, uh, work things out so that we know what the outcome is going to be. And, and, And the more we do that and the, the farther down that rabbit hole we go, the tougher it is when life throws us a curve. Right? And I think it's really important for us to step back and say, you know what? Life is full of curveballs. That's what it is. Okay? Does that mean that you don't prepare? No. Does that mean that you don't plan, that you don't try to put some control in your life? Of course not. You can do that. But you better know that it doesn't matter what you do, what you prepare for, the unexpected will happen. It will. And, and I think there are many of us who we have convinced ourselves and we go under the assumption that, man, if I get everything right and if I order everything the way it should be, I can, I can eliminate the uncertainty. Have you ever heard of an organization called OSHA? All right? OSHA, I promise you, they believe that, you know what, if we... if People will follow all of these rules, and there are thousands of them. If they would follow all of these rules, then there would be no accidents. You know, but the funny thing is, is they keep adding more rules. Why is that? Because people follow all the thousand rules they have, and guess what? There was still an accident. So then they have to add another rule. And then they think, all right, now you've got it. No. And it is so stupid. I was working one time roofing a house. And uh, it was on an um, uh, Air Force base in San Angelo, Texas. And I was roofing the general's house. Right? It was a, a small house. It was only about 8 to 10 feet to the eave. It was a s- slope of about that far, just normal. It was just me and another guy roofing the house. We had been doing it for like four days. And uh, all of a sudden they come and they tell me, you've got to get off the roof. It's like, why? said, because you, we don't have a spotter for you. So you have to be a spotter for the other guy. The, uh, the, our other alternative was we could build a fence around the roof to make sure no one falls off. So I literally, for 16 straight hours the next two days, I stood on the ground watching a guy roof the house. But man, we were safe. 
It, it, it's the dumbest thing in the world. All right? And, and, here, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be, do things to make people safe. But if we start to think that if we do everything right, that we can eliminate negative things from happening, we are going to be miserable because they will keep happening. Right? And, and that's part of this idea. We need to understand that. And we are in a culture where, and, and this can step on toes, but you've all heard OCD, right? Obsessive compulsive disorder. The root of that is that you want to control things, right? And we are all OCD in certain ways, right? And in certain places, okay? So this, this, is, this is for all of us. I do think we do a disservice, though, when we don't recognize that that is a disorder. Because guess what? If you really start going down that rabbit hole of being OCD about everything, you are going to be miserable. You know why? Because no matter how hard you try, how hard you try to control everything, no matter how much you try to line up the chairs or whatever it is that drives you crazy, it's always, it's never going to be good enough. And you're going to be miserable. Right? That's part of what this passage is trying to get to us. This isn't wanting us to just be, to give up and say it's hopeless. That's not it at all. But man, we need to come from a place of truth. And if we're coming from a place where we think we can control things, you're just going to constantly be disappointed. And you're just going to make you more and more miserable. When it says life is meaningless, it says it's saying life cannot be controlled. It's also saying life is fleeting. It's like a fleeting breath. This is we don't like to talk about this one either. But you know what? It's important to start living your life now. Right? It matters what you do today. You don't know you have left. Right? And, and this doesn't mean that we go around, because unfortunately what a lot of us do is we realize this. We realize, oh, life is fleeting. Man, I better control everything to make sure that, that I keep my life. Right? No, no, that's, that's not it. Both of these things are true. So you don't know. So it's important to start living your life. But it's also important. And this kind of brings in that last verse that talks about how we won't be remembered. Life is fleeting. And here's the reality. Oh, I don't even know if I want to even say this. You're not going to make much of a difference. That is not something that people will say. And, and I'm going to flesh this out a little bit. But here's the reality. And I just want you to, to think about this. How many president of the United States, how many can you name? Now, we have a little bit older audience here, so y'all will get more, but not many. I promise you. I, I don't know what the average is. I'm going to say the average across the country is 5 to 10 max. Wouldn't y'all agree probably with that? These are people who ascended to the top of, of uh, one of the greatest countries in the history of the world. The vast majority of people don't, don't remember them, don't remember their names. 
You know, the, and then you start thinking about the people that we do remember. You start thinking about history class, right? How many people in all of your total history class, how many individual people did you talk about? 300? 400? Let's say, let's say you took a lot of history. Maybe you talked about 1,000 people. I, I very seriously doubt that you talked about 1,000 individual people. Right now, there's 7 billion people in the world. Over the course of the history that you've been talking about, there's been billions and billions and billions and billions. And, and we in history class, we talk about 500. And you know why we talk about them? It's not necessarily because of them. It's because of the circumstances that they found themselves in. Winston Churchill. Would we know anything about Winston Churchill if World War II didn't happen? The answer is no. Winston Churchill was just a normal guy but he was put in extraordinary circumstances and he did amazing things in that. And guess what? There were a lot of people who could have done what he did. But they were born in a time where no war ever, ever happened. Right? It is interesting to step back. I'm, ta- I'm taking a big high view of this. But understanding. right? And, and I think one of the things that we do a disservice is, and I hear this in, in the way that my daughters talk and what they're hearing, is people are telling them, man, go out, change the world, make a difference, all of this stuff. That's okay on the surface. And they should try to go out and make a difference. But the problem is, is if your idea of making a difference is looking at the president of the United States or looking at the top of the top of the, in the music industry or looking at the, the elite of the actors, guess what? You're more than likely not going to reach that place. Sorry to break it to you. Right? I see this in athletics all the time. Guys playing football that are pretty good in football and they start thinking, man, I'm going to make it pros. That's where I'm going. And so they think, that all I have to do, and people will tell you, man, you set your goals high. Set them high, you work hard, and you can get there. That's, that is crap for 99% of the people. Now, again, and so, and this is a tough thing, and I just want us to think about it. But think about what that does. If we're telling every eighth grade uh, student, If you just work hard and you just set your goals high, you'll reach it. And then 99% of them aren't playing the next year because it was too hard. Then they just look and say, man, I'm a failure. Right? Maybe we need to come at it from a different perspective. Maybe rather than starting and saying, no, this is where you're going to end up is this prose. Maybe we should say, hey, why don't you be the best eighth grade football player you can be and then get as much out of that and then now be the best high school football you can be and if you love it, give everything you can to it. And then if circumstances keep happening and you happen to be blessed with certain abilities, then all of a sudden you go to college. Be the best college player you can be. And then if by the luck of the the lottery, you become drafted, we say... Great job, right? And see, and how this applies in real life, it trickles down. And I know we look at this and we kind of laugh and it's like, but this stuff trickles down. And I think it is one of the reasons we are so miserable right now. 
And people are struggling to find their purpose because what we've done is we've told everyone, you can achieve this. And it's like, there's not room for everyone up here, right? And so people get miserable. And, and I think about it this way. I, I think about the people who have truly impacted my life. I think about my parents. My, my parents are unique people, right? And, of course, everyone will say this, and that's good. My parents have had an unbelievable uh, impact in my life. They, they have, I've been so blessed, and they have given so much to their family to teach them, to raise them in the right way. My parents have also transformed a community. They're, very, they're in a small community, about 1,000 people. I promise you, there are over half of that community my mom has done some random little act of kindness for. That's the type of person she is. She's written them a little letter She's brought them cranberry bread for uh, Christmas. There are so many people that my dad filled them up with propane, even though that he knew he wasn't going to get paid, and he never got paid because they had kids that were going to get cold. Right? If you move outside of Sterling City, if you go to San Angelo, there's not one person who knows Bruce and Jerry Thomas. Not one. Does that mean that they have failed to reach the the level of impacting people? Of course not. But man, the way that society looks at it is that if you don't reach a large portion, if you're not written down in the pages of history, if you don't have enough likes and followers on Instagram, <laughs> then you're not really all that important. And that is hogwash. And we... <laughs> We've got to be careful that we don't get caught up in that. We need to realize, man, life is fleeting. And you know what? You may not make a difference in the world around you. In fact, you probably will not. But why don't you start making a difference in your family? You can transform your family. And then if the circumstances start falling, you can start really transforming your social circle. You can start making a difference in the lives of those people. And if things happen and if you're the right personality and the, the right opportunities come, uh, come up, you can start transforming your community. You can make a difference there. And then maybe that leads to you becoming a, a, a leader to make a difference in the state or the nation. I don't know. But who cares about that? That's great. Why don't we start viewing success as making a difference where we really can? And then when God opens the opportunities, take them. Awesome. But even if the opportunities don't come, you've still made a difference in the lives of people around you. Book of Ecclesiastes is going to be tough. There's going to be things that are not important uh, or that we don't like to hear. Like whenever we say, hey, you're not going to make a difference in this world, that is nearly 100% true on a global scale. And we don't like to hear that. We want to hear, yes, you can change the world. No, you can't. Sorry. But man, you can change your circumstances. You can change 
the people around you. And that is where you find meaning. And then that can grow, and God can use that to change the world. Life is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. That is 100% true. And guess what? You will never find meaning outside of your relationship with God and looking at life through the eyes of God. That is where you start to find meaning. And that's what starts getting unpacked in the rest of the book of Ecclesiastes. Because life without a relationship with God is ultimately meaningless. Meaning is only found in Him. That's where we need to be putting our eyes. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas, 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.